Star Trek Generations. Woo! Hello and welcome to An Englishman and an Irishman Go to the Movies, the podcast that is here to show you exactly what happens if you give the Scots independence. I'm your Englishman, Ian, and as always, this is my Irishman, the man that puts the doom into most days. It's Sean Ferrick. First of all, thank you for that intro. I really liked that. It was quite, really it was an quite easy one. That. That was good. Second of all, nice. I, someone was going to make the, this is what Scotland looks like under its own rule joke at some point. So I'm glad you yes, did it, which means exactly. we can just, if, if the joke <laughs> goes badly, we can blame you entirely. <laughs> Just yeah. blame me. It's like, yeah, you want independence. This is what Nicola Sturgeon is going to give you. This yeah. movie, and I, I'm, I, I'm all right with it. I mean, to watch from afar, I don't think yeah, I want to be. Yeah, in it. same, same. Be like, isn't this a really interesting social experiment? Do you want to go and visit it? Oh hell no, no, heck, heck no. Yeah. I'll watch from afar. And it's weird that there's a Scottish man in power in England. Like, yeah, just overwatching all of it. That, that was, was weird. That was strange. Yeah, that but was odd. Fine. But before we get into that, how are you, Sean? I am very well, thank you very much. I have good. Had... Let's get into it then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know my place. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm off to put doom in more people's days. Oh, that sounded rude the way you said it. How are you, you silly biscuit? I'm good. No, oh, I'm good. I'm good. Hay fevery, but beautiful. Um, should we do some news? To the news. <laughs> News team, assemble! Uh, there's not a lot of news. <laughs> we need to do really this every isn't. week. No, no. And um, Fast and Furious made 70 million in its opening weekend, which is kind of back to normal-ish numbers. I don't know if. I was expecting it to break 100 million, but it's definitely, um, that's respectable. And I think it's 100 million worldwide. I would be quite happy with 100 million dollars. Thank you very much. Well, um, yes, but no, I prefer you, euros. But... Well, really? Would you? Oh, no, well, euros are stronger than the dollar, aren't they? They are. Yes. Okay, cool. I'll yeah. take the euros then. I'll take the pounds over all of it. Well, I mean, that would, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have, you haven't seen it yet, have you? Which? <laughs> Fast and Furious. Oh, because I've seen only the first two. Oh, no, sorry. Right, got you. No, yeah, yeah, no, I've seen up to Fast... What's the one after Tokyo Drift? I don't know. Good. That Is one. It, actually, does it, I think I might know this one. So you Fast get and Furious? The Fast and Furious, I think it's that one. I think then yeah. there's Fast Five. Yes, which would make sense. And then is Fast and Furious 6 just called Fast and Furious 6? Yeah, and then it's just 6, 7, 8, and 9. Damn, these how films have been How is going. there nine of these films? And never mind the Hobbs and Shaw spin-off as well. Yeah, and then a tenth on the way. Unreal. I've, I've, look, good for them. That's all great and everything. Probably not going to watch it. Um, no. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, just, I don't know why it doesn't appeal, but it really, really doesn't. It should. There's plenty of good people in it. I like The Rock. Um, mm. And I, like, I love Vin Diesel. But this film just doesn't... Mm. I don't know. Just the cars, maybe. Uh, maybe maybe that's it, yeah. Because I know you hate cars of any kind. Uh, oh yeah, it, it, it upsets you. In famous, fact. yeah, famous for it. Uh, I just I I have a tiny little bit of crown related news just to upset you. Uh, to the recommends. No 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 no. Just that uh, they've confirmed they won't be covering like modern day Queen Liz 
so it's definitely ending after six seasons if they're not going to do a seventh season. That makes sense because you know the focus is going to be Harry and um, yeah. Megan. That's what it will be. That's the big drama. And it, yeah, I think we're probably a bit too close to it, aren't we? Yeah, it's a bit. Yeah, it's a bit soon, really, for that. Um, yeah. But yeah. So okay. To the. Are we still calling it recommends? This week we need to call it the what I watched last week. Great. Okay. Cool. To, to the part. what I called. No, I couldn't even say it. <laughs> Not to the courts, to the to the things. Don't catch something. That stuff. So, um, to no time like tomorrow, or tomorrow never happens. Future tomorrow, tomorrow. Um, the Tomorrow War is the name of the thing. But stop naming your films stupid things. Yep. Um, I watched that, and you know what? It was okay. It was all right. If you want a sci-fi action comedy with a bit of emotion, lots of shooting, cool. Watch it. But from and it does that really, really well. It does that really well. Better than a lot of films, actually. But this film tries to do so much. It's a um, high-concept sci-fi film. It's an emotional story of abandonment and father-daughter-grandfather issues. It's a bit of The Martian, where they have to engineer a solution to a problem. It's an uh, alien apocalypse invasion story. It's a post-apocalypse story, because the future's doomed. And then it's a dumb action film for the last third where the hero punches the big alien because punching aliens works. It worked for Will Smith in Independence Day. Uh, it's the same thing, but less funny. That's the, the one thing I'll spoil in the film is that Chris Pratt punches this queen alien thing. And it's like, really, dude? You're just going to chin it and it works? Yeah, no. And it works. But yeah, the, the premise of the film is... Um, aliens invade and it's going very badly so humans instead of trying to find a way to beat them invent time travel um, and go back in time to recruit thousands and millions of soldiers to fight 30 years in the future okay that sounds no, paradoxical that's the premise yep that's it but the, there's, there is no paradox apparently because you can only travel between these two points that's it you can't and the river of time keeps going. So you can only transport it's a it's not a fixed point, but it's it's kind of like these two time boxes are linked. So as one day goes past in the future, a day goes past in the past as well. Okay. So if you send somebody back in time, wait five minutes, they'll arrive five minutes after the last person you sent back. I don't know. Um should I watch this film? No. Okay. Because it's starting to sound kind of like, listen, I love me a little bit of complex film. I love yeah. a little bit of time travel, but kind of sounds dumb. It doesn't listen to, I mean, it's consistent with its own rules, but it doesn't try to explain them. So the the answer to all of those problems are, yeah, no, it's really complicated and that's not what we're here to explain. Oh, okay. uh, it does the looper explanation of, I'm not going to sit here and talk to you about time travel. 
Um, and why can't you build another? Because the first one's held together with duct tape and we don't have enough power to make another. Blah, blah, blah. Cool. Plot reasons. Um, yeah. And I think part of it is I just don't like Chris Pratt. He's really boring in this film. Well, that he's was going to so be my next dull. Because so I I really like him in Parks and Rec, right? Where he's just dumb Andy, and that's his thing. That's his character. Mm. Um, I could take I, honestly, I could take him or leave him in Guardian. Ever since Infinity War, I've actively disliked Star Lord yeah. as a character because, and it's not massively Chris Pratt's fault, I guess. It was the writing, but then it's yeah. it's so hard to be like, I can't take you seriously anymore. Like you're a dumbass. But like, yeah, not in a good way. That too, that doesn't help. But it's, he's just boring in this film. Mm. Um, the most exciting thing about him is that his name is Dan Forrester, and it sounds like Colonel Dan Forrester. Sounds really cool. That but does sound really cool. I just, yeah, the movie just didn't do it for me. Um, the action is great. The alien design is fantastic. It's probably the best I've seen since District Nine. Um, okay. It's great, really, really great, and none of it looks fakey CGI. It's just a so should it's I watch Edge of Tomorrow instead? Much. Yeah, watch. You are not wrong. Edge of Tomorrow, Live Die Repeat is this movie better? Okay, that's because that's what that's 100%. what made me think of it. I even thought initially it might even be a sequel or something because I think there is no, a sequel coming or there is one coming. Yeah, but that'll be good. I hope. But yeah, honestly, watch that instead. Cool. That'll do, mate. Right. What have you watched, Shawnee? Uh, I uh, for once I actually did some watching. Um, so what I did is I kind of mainlined the MonsterVerse, um, the Godzilla and King Kong films. So I saw the original God, the original. You hear me? The 2012 oh, what, one. in 97. Yeah, no, 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 no. Back <laughs> in like 1954 or something. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm specifically referring to the Gareth Edwards one here at the 2012, yeah, which I really um, like. Yeah, it's really, really good. It's really good. So I was flicking through the channels. I had some time and uh, King of the Monsters was there. I said, all right, look, trailer looks good. Yeah. I'll give it a go. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was quite good. Um, <clears throat> but uh, so then I was like, oh, well, <laughs> but. yeah, but. Well, it's kind of like the end of it all but says, yeah, so King Kong's going to be in the next one. So I was like, Grant, well, I better go because yeah. I had never seen Kong Skull Island. So I said, all right, I'll go and watch that then. Yeah. And so I did. Which isn't linked to Peter Jackson's King Kong. It's not. And apparently, I only I did the reading about it afterwards. Apparently, that kind of confused some people. Be like, like that was a quick turnaround for... Yeah, me too. Because the how far apart are those movies? Like, four years? Five years? Yeah, it's not that long. It's not that... Yeah. Not long. And, and it wasn't a massive title change. It was still... Well, I know the other one was King Kong, and this is Kong Skull Island, but it's close enough to think, oh, this could be a scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, like stylistically, Grant, they're nothing alike, but yeah, you're kind of like, what? No. Uh, in fact, Kong Skull Island, if anything, is a Vietnam War movie more than anything, and oh, it's Jesus. really yeah, because it's quite a few years. It's quite a few years before mm. Kong versus Godzilla, yeah. isn't it? Um, yeah. and they so and then and then I rounded off by watching uh, Kong versus Godzilla, which is. But shit, crazy. Uh, really? It's a giant monkey fighting a giant lizard. Like, it's exactly what you think it's going to oh, be. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then there is there's a whole bunch of storyline that is really pointless and shoved in for no reason. Um, that's what annoyed... That's the only thing that annoyed me about um, Godzilla, the Gareth, Gareth mm. Edward ones, one, was I didn't like the, the human story. So mm. that subplot didn't do it for me. I just wanted more Godzilla. Um 
and it sounds like they've done the same in in this. But your lady from Stranger Things is in it, isn't she? She is. is she enjoyable? Uh, Maisie, not Maisie. Uh, no, but I know you're 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 thinking of uh, Maisie. Is it Williams, Williams. from? Game of Thrones, because yeah, the, the era of these younger stars. Yeah. Uh, no, this is Millie Bobby Brown. Millie Maisie's the same name. Sure, Come yeah. on. Uh, yes, so she's in uh, King of the Monsters and Kong v Godzilla. Um, in King of the Monsters, the human story is quite good. In Kong v Godzilla, okay. she had obviously just been signed for a sequel, and so they threw together a story. There's really yeah. no reason for it to be in the film. And she's in quite a bit of the film as well. Um, yeah. So that would be... So yeah, so of them all, I would kind of rank uh, Godzilla v. Kong at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Then... Oh. But like, not bad, just at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, then maybe... Yeah, then I think... Then King of the Monsters. Then Godzilla. Then I uh, Skull Island's my number one. By far. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's really good. That's, I really enjoyed that. That's film. a bit disappointing about Godzilla vs. Kong, because that should be... How does it feel like it was rushed? Because it, it could have been a standalone film, but it does feel like it's been rushed out somewhat. Maybe that's just the whole artifact of 2021. Potentially, yeah. No, it does It does feel... And there's a lot in it, as in terms yeah. of, like... like it's now a multi no it's not a multiverse but it's a shared universe obviously so far we only really have Godzilla and King Kong but yeah like there could easily more offshoots it's it's quite good mm. <laughs> that's so damning isn't it it's quite it's quite good, good. yes yeah, cost millions and millions of dollars to make it's quite good yeah yeah uh but no definitely worth watching definitely you'll enjoy watching it but it does yeah. it gets a bit silly in places he says about a film about a giant ape fighting a giant lizard. I mean, of course it is. Yeah. But I th- it takes itself very seriously, seriously though, by the sounds of it. So you kind of have to judge it that way. Yeah. Yeah, it does actually. And what is it? King of the Monsters is as serious as a seizure, except it's a big giant lizard film. Yeah. Um, I actually really, I, I really liked King of the Monsters uh, way too long. Most of the most yeah. of these films I'm talking about are too, it's like lads. Yeah, but, I get that. But that's all. But yeah, so so that was it. We probably should talk about the film that we're recording the episode. Shall for. we? Let's yeah. do it. Um, so we're going to do a bit of a Neil Marshall binge um, over the next few. Well, this episode and two mm. more. Um, and this randomly came up because we were talking about Doomsday and how nobody talks about this film. Probably with good reason, um, but how we both really like it. And I love this film. So Doomsday is the story of um, the United Kingdom in the year 20... 35. Oh, I wait. I think 30... It's no. 35 is when the action happens. And I think... Yeah. Is that 20? Is it... No, it is. Yeah. It's 2035, 2038, something yeah. like that. So in the year two thousand and eight, and we what? As soon as we started watching this mm. film, we thought, "Oops, a virus spreads, and it takes all of Scotland um, almost immediately." And the only solution is to obviously block off all of Scotland, rebuild Hadrian's Wall, and just lock it down, and no one's allowed in. Um, Thirty years later, a new case of the virus is found in London. Um, Satellite imaging has found survivors in Scotland, making the government think 
well, if they survive, there must be a cure. So um, our main character, Eden Sinclair, is sent with a crack team of people to um, infiltrate the wall, find the cure, and bring it back to London um, as soon as possible. Um, Eden's link to Scotland is that she was born there, and during the um, outbreak, her mum popped her on a helicopter, and she was taken to London. But she has the address of her mother, and will try to find her if possible. And I didn't read that synopsis. That was just from my head. Really? Yes, I should oh, okay. not. No, I fair play, because I, I, I did think you were sitting there reading it, so th- that came across very well. So well done. I just had to look up Eden Sinclair. I couldn't remember her name, because, yeah, you don't need to know names in this film. You really don't need to know <laughs> names in this film. No. I want to get my my big critique out of the way. I just want to, because I have to say this up front, and then we can discuss yep. the rest of the film. Yep. Some of the dialogue is shocking in this film. Like, yes. the cheese levels. And I'm just like, it's grand, I'm okay with that. Yep. But be prepared for that going in. And poor old Bob Hoskins is the mouthpiece for quite a bit of the. It's like, oh, hello, exposition dump. Yeah, no, it is. This isn't a subtly put together. Considering it's an hour and 50 minutes long, they aren't subtle with the exposition. And Bob Hoskins is told, here, read the synopsis, but be Bob Hoskins while you're doing it. And and that that's what he does for the whole film. Basically, yeah. Evil politician is evil and is obviously evil to everybody apart from the people in the film um fortunately the best bits of the film don't need dialogue um visually this film is so interesting and it has got such a unique aesthetic um it's in fact like the, the the whole world building of this film is fantastic it's built like almost a 1984 style future where the government has way too much power and is really sinister um combined with 1980s 1970s punk punk rock stuff in scotland also some medieval scotland thrown in for good measure as well it has like three really key aesthetics in it and it's great somehow it all works for me um it's when we were i was watching this on friday evening and i was texting you during and i was thinking there was uh, there, there was definitely some Mad Max inspiration in this, like really, really, particularly in in I think the the last act. Um, now, obviously, this came out before yeah. Fury Road, but Road Warrior is obviously much older than this film, and yeah. I've not seen Thunderdome, so I I I can't comment on that one. But there's definitely borrowing and homage, and I don't mind that very much, but it is noticeable, definitely. But I, for me, it felt much more like. Um, Fury Road, which is weird considering that movie hadn't happened yet. Yeah. So there's definitely, yeah, it's 100%. The last act of this is Mad Max. There is no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, but it, I think that mainly comes down to the aesthetic. The, thing, the, the point that all of the cars are kind of slapped together and built with whatever's left over and they have bones for windscreens. Uh, I think you can't help look at that and not think Mad Max or mm. like the ornaments including a, a gimp ornament as well that was, was where it really choice. was just like oh that that's that's the doof warrior um, yes. which yeah, is great like exactly. again it's great if you're going to do post-apocalyptic like that yeah that's cool that's fine yeah, um, 100% and yeah this film is way more Resident Evil and Underworld than it thinks it is that would be my biggest criticism oh. is that it is taking itself so seriously when really you're just a 
You're a Resident Evil film. <laughs> a bit, yeah. No, sorry, I I agree with you there. I, I I do think visually it owes a bit of a a nod and a wink to at least some of the Resident. I'm thinking particularly in the opening scene, so where uh, Eden gets onto yes. the boat. I, that yeah. felt very Paul Thomas Anderson to me. Oh no, pa- not Paul Thomas Anderson. Sorry, Paul W S Anderson. He's the one who oh, did yeah, the. Yeah, close. D- very different. <laughs> yes. Very yeah. different I was directors. Like, oddly different, considering how similar <laughs> their names are. Yes. Um, and and also a bit of Twenty Eight Days Later as well. Yes. I mean, in there for good measure. But I'm sure you have things to say about that when we talk about the score. Um. Yes. Oh, I actually. <laughs> we'll I had actually. This. Hmm. Uh. Grumble. Um. So. Let's do the cast. Um, Rona Mitra, who I, I was convinced. Who does your Resident Evil films? Uh, you said oh, her name. I did. Mila Jovovich. Mila, Mila and I'm sure everyone has made this um, comparison, but I absolutely thought that was her for the longest, longest time. Um, but I think she's great. She's absolutely great in this. She does the action really, really well. She doesn't have to act much, to be completely fair. Yeah. Um, but what she does do is fine. So, uh, yeah, Rona Mitra, she... It's funny that you mentioned Underworld, because I presume, sorry, you've seen all the Underworld films, yeah? At some point, not recently, but yeah, I definitely have. Because, I you know, she's the lead in Underworld 3, which is the prequel? Yes. Yeah, so, is it Son... I think it's Sonia. Anyway, it's the character's name. Oh, and... I could not give you any names. I, c- I could barely give you the names from this film. But it's, like you said as well, other than Selena, or Celine. You don't really do. Uh, she's the Kate Beckinsale. Anyway, right, so... <laughs> right, like you started in Underworld. So, <laughs> I I kind of love the eye. It's ridiculous. But I kind of love the fact she's got a robot eye. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, uh, so, 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 she loses her eye to a stray bullet, I think, in the opening yeah, sequence. Yeah, I always... Now, did, were you like, like me like this? Because The Walking Dead did this as well, where mm. Carl gets... Spoiler, I guess, but where Carl gets shot in the eye, it's like I always thought if you get shot in the eye, like the bullet keeps going and you die. Yeah, the the eye is jelly, like it ain't gonna stop That's, a bullet. Yeah. But I can only imagine that maybe it was on the end of its trajectory, and it just kind of like it was slowing down enough to penetrate the eye, but not carry on through. Or it was a side gut, so it kind of goes like that. Oh right, which is great for a podcast. <laughs> scrapes across the front of the eye and then keeps going. I don't know. It's some shot. It really is. It is. Yeah, I, someone's either, either a way. really good marksman or a really bad one. Uh, yeah, and if you're aiming to just maim a child, then I hope it's the really bad marksman. You won't just, you know what? I'm going to fuck with uh, your eye and that's it. Actually, now, now I remember. The first thing I wanted to talk about was, so this is when Doomsday was released back in tw- 2008. Um... The world didn't know how people would react to a lockdown. Now, no, definitely we not. We do know how people react to a lockdown. Sadly, so yeah. This is why, for the strangest reason, the very opening scene, which is basically the closing of Hadrian's Wall, um, it's so unrealistic. It's like all these people running you and think? screaming and everything. It's like no, they're just sitting at home on YouTube. I'm gonna disagree, but here's okay. why: if the government had just said lockdown. Cool. It would probably be YouTube. What never happened in our lockdown was a fucking wall 
being thrown up and that army being used. The army was never sent it in to control crowds. A wall wasn't built around us. Planes weren't being shot down. Like all transport and all food, everything in and out was just stopped for for this film. So I think because the movie doesn't spend a lot of time on it. It's like 10 minutes and that's it. So I think we're missing some of the escalation because they were initially told stay home and then eventually it was, fuck it, rebuild the wall, lock you in. So I think they know they're being locked in to die. Yeah, okay. That didn't bug me as well. Okay. Um, And poor poor old Malcolm McDowell giving it absolute socks doing that opening narration as well. And then the people knew that it was coming. (laughs) All right, Soren. Hey, back down. Yeah, do your best, Soren, for this entire film. Um, Yeah, do you... So let's do Malcolm McDowell next. Did you like the twist? So they've been sent to see Dr. Kane, who is the chap that was working on a solution to the virus. For some reason, he was working on it in Scotland instead of the safety of anywhere else. Um... And they're assuming that if there is a cure, it came from him. Um, Now, the twist is that actually he lost his entire family and decided to become the last king of Scotland. So through some shenanigans, he convinced enough people to follow him, inhabit Edinburgh Castle, and then rebuild a feudal life in Scotland. And like that's it's so like you're right because it's a feudal life and yet as you say his soldiers are all 70 skinheads and you know like the like you were saying like the modern the modern punk scene it was like these are his foot well, they're the ones that broke away yeah but they're the ones that broke away so i don't think they were punk until they broke away from him oh okay sorry i might have missed that bit of the film um yeah, so there are two factions. There's the punks, which is led by... Um, oh, man, he's not even in the thing. He's not even in the in the credits on what I'm looking at, which is really Well, why weird. are you thinking about that? But um, I am right in saying that his sister is Malcolm McDowell's daughter. Correct, yes. Yeah, so okay. they are... Exactly. So his son and daughter... She's on the run and playing Robin Hood with a bunch of people in the forest. Yeah. The son has figured out that his dad... So, I think we should probably get back to it. It's all a lie. There is no cure. Mm. It's a natural immunity. So, all of these people have survived because they have a natural resistance to um, to the virus. Now, I think how Malcolm McDowell ended up with all of the power is that he said, I have the cure. Follow me and you will live forever. But his son knew better and decided to live with the live as a punk with a ton of other punks and i think his his character's name is david vernon williams who's this i'd love vernon williams to be the character's name because he doesn't look like a vernon no he doesn't but you know what's funny is that vernon williams whoever he had is has also worked on mad max fury road so that's gas is known for see full bio give me a picture but his only picture is from Doomsday. I've got to figure this out now. Who the heck is Vernon Williams? Oh, he's a stunt coordinator. Oh, he's a stunt driver. Oh, son of a bitch. That probably makes sense. So, the same stunt driver was used in Mad Max Fury Road as was Doomsday, Good. which kind Good of to know. Good yeah, to know. reinforces our thoughts. Yeah. Um, okay, so back to Malcolm McDowell. So, what do I think of the yes. twist? Um, 
Do I believe Malcolm McDowell would take over as the last King of Scotland if given half a chance? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, yeah. Just the actor. Yeah, I mean, the way I... Yeah, the, just yeah. the actor. The way I described it was absolutely ridiculous, but it actually makes sense if he lent on the... Because it's been 30 years. If he lent, even for the first 10 years, he lent on, I've got the cure, gave them some water and said, you are now mm. cured hey, your man's Jesus, like, follow him, and then he just consolidates that over the next 20 years. Yep. I mean, it's in desperate situations, yeah, like, what is it, mob mentality, all of that kind of stuff, get enough people saying this guy is the saviour, and then uh, some people might start to believe that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you believe it enough yourself. But I think he's great in it. I think he's the right amount of sinister. Um, I could only see Soren throughout the whole film. Um, but I, yeah, I love that. It's funny because because oh. um, I can't remember. Just I'm just going to really, really quick and see what year this uh, other film I'm thinking of. So basically, he is in the Rob Zombie uh, Halloween remake. He is Doctor Loomis in that. Oh, awesome. And the only thing that's different is they put a, long, a trench coat on him. Otherwise, he looks exactly the same in this as he does that. I'm trying to think if oh, they're... Oh, that's fantastic. If they're now in um, around the same time. Because I think they were. Halloween, um, Rob, Zombie, 2007. Yeah. Oh, so a year before this. Yeah, so that makes sense. Oh, it's gas. He didn't even shave. Like He looks exactly the same. <laughs> Uh, Isn't it weird how he just ended up doing kind of B-movies after Generations? I mean, I guess some yeah. people would call Generations a B-movie because it's not exactly su- wide appeal, is it? I suppose it? you're right, yeah. Like, you know, why do we watch it as often as we do? Well, because we're Trekkies and we like this. Because we're yeah. Trekkies. But yeah, I don't see many people choosing, going down Look. the video shop and going, I will have that film, which is what, part seven? Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it, it's exactly what it is. He kind of looks like Keith Sutherland when he's oh, he younger. Does, actually, yeah. That's really strange. What else is he better? Clockwork Orange, that would be his massive thing. Um, Royal Flash, Ace is High. Voyage oh, we Damned. must not forget the most legendary film of all time, Caligula. Oh, of course, Caligula. Yeah, with all of the... Is that the one with all the, 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 the sex and stuff? That's the one. Yep. Assassin of the Tsar. Star Trek Generations. Woo! Good lord. Like, there are some titles here that don't even have Wikipedia entries. Oh my. Sharks of the Red Triangle. I'm here for it. 2013, Deadly Wake. Oh oh dear. The the Gardener. Yeah, no, he hasn't done many. He's, mate, this man puts out four or five films a year. He's obviously one of those kind of like, I have to pay my bills, send me a He doesn't have an agent. He just says yes. Like Dingless Cage. Yeah, exactly. Oh, in twenty? No, he was in the Book of Eli. Now that is a good. I oh, know he's uncredited. <laughs> Who oh, the fuck did he play that. in the Book of Eli? Um, I thought he was. Yeah. He's good God. Right, well, two thousand and ten, the Book of Eli, Barry Monday, whatever that is. Tom and Jerry meet Sherlock Holmes. Okay. Um, Easy A, which I know. Um, Pound of Flesh, Golf in the Kingdom, um, and Santiago Flies. I have no clue. So Doomsday. Sorry, uh, I got really stuck on that. Is Malcolm that was that was definitely a rabbit hole moment. That's he has like two hundred credits. That's insane. Um, yes, um, he's great in this film. He is great. <laughs> he is great in this film. Uh, he has far less screen time than I thought. Yeah, he definitely pulls a bit of a Hannibal Lecter. Um, yeah. He's the the ominous presence that's always there, and I so. 
why doesn't he just kill them all? Like, he puts Sinclair into the gladiator ring with his best executioner, who isn't an executioner. He's a gladiator. If he's an executioner, he just he goes in and kills him. And he would just come in with an axe. Exactly. Yeah. But they explicitly called him an executioner. Um, I'm here to nitpick. I'm here all week. That's that's quite... It's why we love you. Yeah. Um, and then everyone so- else is locked up in a dungeon... And then when she wins, he then says, kill all the prisoners. So your goal was to kill them all anyway. You're just doing this for sport? Yeah. In which case, when you saw it going sideways, just kill her. Like, don't lose your best man. And surely, I mean, like, surely somebody has a gun. Well, you don't see any. So maybe he, maybe there aren't guns because maybe that's too, I don't know. You could kill him with swords. I was going to say maybe he's threatened by guns, but... He's like 70 in this, so he could just be taken out with a sword. Be taken out. He could, I was going to say he could be taken out with a sneeze, which he could, just not this <laughs> sneeze, not this virus. He's immune. No. Um, but what was I going to say as well? Neil Marshall uh, yes. is, obviously, he is quite a, he likes his grotesque stuff in his films, right? So He's that gladiator scenes, um, it's quite gruesome. It's quite bloody. And I remembered as I was watching this that he, I think I said this to you on Friday, he directed an episode of Game of Thrones, uh, one of the bloodier ones. He directed the Blackwater episode back in season two. Um, And yeah, like that was one of the bloodier episodes of Game of Thrones. And that's saying something. Yeah, because that's, yeah, that's up there with probably the bloodiest stuff you'll ever see on TV. Um. But yeah, he likes it. He's a very he knows the visual that he's going for. But I think this other put the blood and guts aside, visually this film's really interesting. Like yeah. it's it's a good watch. I like us I like how it makes Scotland look like another world. It really does. You know. Yeah. Um like it's there's a lot of green which obviously you will get in Scotland, but it, it it's it looks like you're on holidays somewhere. It looks it like does. it's really nice weather up there, but it's Scotland. I live in Ireland. I'm allowed to say this. We always yeah. have shit weather. It's usually raining. It, but it's, it's, it's usually really... And it, there is a good contrast there because all of the stuff with the punks is like inner city, abandoned buildings, stuff like that. And then the Robin Hood stuff with the people trying to live off the land is very picturesque and scenic. Mm. And then you go back to the, the stones of Edinburgh Castle. Um it's all over the place, but I, I, it ties it together well because of the people that are living there. So they, they've shaped the, the what's left of the world to suit them. I like it. I like it. I like as well. Um, uh, so I think the first place they go to, am I right? The city is Glasgow. I'm going to commit to that. Right. They go to Glasgow. Yeah, could be. And um, you've already made the joke with this where I was sitting there in the cinema and I just went, Yep, I completely believe that is what Scotland, self-governed, uh, would become. Um, so to I all of our Scottish listeners, I'm sorry. Yeah, I I'm couldn't sorry. help but see it. I was like, yeah, you want independence? This is what it'll get you. Yeah. Nicola Sturgeon is actually the girl with the tattooed face in this film. Oh my God, she's how great is she? She's so good and does basically, like, she doesn't say anything? No, she, she has. she doesn't have any lines. No, she just has a face she does have a face she's a such presence like she mm. is like fierce with a capital f uh whenever yeah. she's on screen she just owns the scene and oh. as you said like doesn't say anything but she's so properly badass 
Yeah, she really is. She absolutely. I I think she's given a bit short shrift by how she exits the film. Um, yeah, but there's kind of a demented humor in it as well. There is, yeah. Um, so she gets briefly, not briefly, permanently decapitated. And it's just... But you know, I, sorry, I get what you mean by briefly decapitated. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she is put back together by her partner, leader of the punks, who just tapes her head back to her body and drives after Eden and everybody in the in the car after they've left Edinburgh um, Castle. Yeah. Uh, but it's brilliant. It's just it's bizarre. It's definitely a Neil Marshall touch. Um, uh, it's, yeah, it's great. I think so, like, and as well because I had obviously I'd forgotten loads of this film. So when to later on, so as as we've discussed, spoiler: she loses her head. Uh, so later on in the film, when he's driving around and she's sitting there beside him, I'm a bit like, hold, hold, hold on. <laughs> um, is there Didn't a continuity? Thi- oh, oh, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it does take a second because it's quite a big band that's around her neck and her eyes are open. Mm. So you're like, oh, maybe... Maybe that didn't hurt as much as we thought it did, having your head removed. She's grand, but, like, she's grand. No, no. Um, She'll be fine. Look at tip. Look at tip. If there's, one, if there's um, one thing I regret about the film, and I actually mean this don't you in a shut nice your way, mouth. Um, yeah. is we don't get enough time, really, with a lot of the characters. Because you might get Agreed. kind of flashes of them where you're like, oh, you're cool. I want to spend more time with... Never mind. Never mind. Bye, bye, bye. You're going to get an arrow in the back. Mm. Uh, there, this in, this movie is not interested in character development it's really not. at all. It's interested in body count, um, which is why you get Eden Sinclair, uh, Rona Mitra's backstory is your opening to the film. So that's as much investment as you're going to get. She was locked out of Scotland, kept from her mother. She's pissed that the government knew that there were survivors in Scotland, which means she could have been reunited with her mother. That's her motivation and that's it. Malcolm McDowell, Dr. Kane, his motivation is that he's pissed off that the government locked knew about survivors, but locked everyone in Scotland. Same motivation. He's angry and wants to rule the world. Uh, His son is angry and wants to rule the world. His daughter wants to live like Robin Hood. That's all the motivations you get. Yeah, does does she have... Is is that fella her boyfriend or what? The one who's there for a hot second? Yeah, 100%. Now... Interestingly, the boyfriend is, um, I've got to say, the cast list for for this on IMDb is absolutely shocking. It doesn't have anyone in it, but it is, um, give me one sec, Line of Duty fans will love this, because it is your man, um, Martin Compton, who is the lead detective in Line of Duty, and I couldn't have been more surprised when I saw him turn up in this. I was like, it's you! With a Scottish accent, because you're Scottish. Oh, shit. I forgot you're Scottish. <laughs> okay. Um, I, again, I will watch Line of Duty at some point. And it will make you chuckle. Excellent. Um, but yeah, he's definitely the boyfriend. And he's he's perfectly fine. He's not given much to do other than get dead. It's the, the way they abandon... Exactly. It's the way they abandon the people that die. So as soon as there's an arrow in someone, right, we're going on without you. Sorry, bye. Yeah, There's not much more of it to that. Yeah, and I, f- I felt so... I felt kind of bad, like, really bad for the captain because, like, he goes through hell to get to that yes. last scene. It's just like, ah, oh, ah, oh, dude. 100%. Uh, I'm sorry, man. Yeah. 
but uh, but I liked him. But I want to give a special little shout out to Nora Jane Noon, who is she is the the driver of one of the heavy vehicles. Um, oh, nice! And see, she is in the Descent as well. Awesome. So, but she, God love her. She's not been in very much since these films. Um, she was in a film called The Magdalene Sisters as well. Um, but yeah, she's really good. She just doesn't turn up in films very much. And I was like, ah, it's you. I like I you. See you do more things. Yeah. And then again, I... again, cause I had forgotten everything. I was like, oh great, we're gonna get loads of. Okay, no, never, never mind. No, no, no. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye. You'll be gone now. Yeah. Um. Similarly, um, you don't get very much of. Um, oh no, I've just lost my page. <sighs> oh no, good lord, what is going on? You don't get it's. It's weird that Bob Hoskins is even in this film. Like it's such a weird. Hey, Bob, do you want to be in this movie? Like, it always kind of feel like yeah. Cause... It's so strange. Yeah. He's just there to be angry and Cockney and Alexander Siddig. Yes. Let's talk about Alexander Siddig. I I would I think everyone should talk about Alexander Siddig for at least five minutes of every day. Yes. Yeah. Um. So this is two. Oh yes, yeah, so this is two thousand eight. So we're nine years after the end of Deep Space Nine. Correct. Just yeah. to make us all feel old there. Because um, <laughs> we are now 13 years removed from that. I know. I still I remember watching What You Leave Behind when it first... Anyway, anyway, oh. anyway. Um, yeah, side note. But yeah, but having said that, the man ages like he doesn't. He's Dorian Gray. You know, there's a yeah, portrait of him be. in a box somewhere getting older. But mm-hmm. um, he's really good. He gets, yeah, he gets some hammy dialogue. Uh, so he's the prime minister in this film. Yeah, and bit of a wimp, bit easily led. It, he's a bit of a it, and there's there's once now it's the writing in this scene is pretty poor, where it's basically, I am prime minister who I am only in interested in politics. I then need to get survivor so that I will look good in politics. I must be elected all of the times. Mm. Yeah, and it's a bit like okie dokie. There is, there's a sequel for that. There isn't a sequel, but there, there is a sequel that could be made or a sidequel that could be made in what's going on in London when Ronamitra and her team are up in Scotland. Oh, totally. We only get a, a really chaos. short scene of it, uh, which obviously is Alexandra Siddig's big moment and done. Bye. So shit goes sideways really, really quick in London mm. after this first case. It, this thing spreads within seconds. Like, there's not days, weeks, or months. It is the whole of London is basically lost um, within two weeks. And so they, they lock it down very similarly to how Scotland's been locked mm. down. They I think they drain the Thames or they do something and just create a big wall. Um, and Hatch's evil advisor, Kolaris, which is played by a scotsman whose name i can't find because apparently nobody wants to put their name to this fucking film okay, you keep talking but i will get you his name because there's something else he was in that I, I couldn't place it is he in a star trek thing he's in something else that i just can't play don't think he's but... in a star trek thing but he's in i'm not sure have you seen uh any of the harry potter films ah yeah he could be in he's that. in uh deathly hallows one he's the one that harry oh, i haven't seen that okay yeah so he's in something else but anyway, he gives all of the evil advice and he he basically wants um, Eden's team to be as slow as possible because there's a population problem in London. So if we let the virus take out as many people as possible and then come back as a hero with the cure, 
we've solved two problems with one virus. Um, he's just pure evil. Um, yeah, there's a there's a break into the cabinet somehow. One diseased man finds his way into the prime minister's office, gets shot by Bob Hoskins. That blood hits our man Hatcher, Alexander Siddig, which then kills him. So yeah, he's not in it for a huge amount of time. But he's great. I think he does. He's great. It's always great to see Alexander Siddig he, do things. He, well, he is great because he's just fun and wonderful and we like him. Sorry, I'm still looking for the name of this guy. Um, I can't find it anywhere. Because I remember the name of the character. Sorry, but there's about 7 billion characters in. Aha. David O'Hara. Oh, now that seems really familiar. So yeah, was born in Glasgow, Scotland in 1965. He's in Braveheart. Why does this not surprise me? Um, <laughs> That's racist. That is, yes, it is. Yes, it is. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, he's in Wanted. He's in Wanted. Good God, he's in Wanted. He's that's exactly where I know him from. He plays the main character's dad. Oh, okay. Um. So, but he doesn't. So, um, who's your man in Wanted? McAvoy. McAvoy. Um, he doesn't know this, but the reason he's been drafted is because his dad was killed um, oh, by a bendy bullet. Gotcha. So he's in this. Oh, phew, that was going to bug me. Thank Grant. you. Grant, okay, cool. Everyone, everyone, you calm time, down. It's okay. Yeah, uh, chill. It's oh, and he's been in two films that have one best picture, Braveheart and The Departed. Sorry, that was the first thing that came up on IMDb. Um, Interesting. And... Where were we going with all of that? Oh yeah, Colaris is bad. Good, um, Lord, the London stuff. But there, there's a film there. There's an absolute film there based on what I described. De- definitely, <laughs> like I, especially because Colaris has clearly been plotting the whole time, and he even turns around and says, "What?" So Bob Hoskins inadvertently kills yeah. the prime minister, but totally like he just, <laughs> as he says himself, "I was trying to save him." Nice shot. I was trying to save him. Actually, that's a much better. Yeah, <laughs> um, you but, shag. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> an infected gets into government buildings, and yeah. you know is running at them all, and is quickly shot. But of course, blood explodes everywhere in Neil Marshall films, and yes. so it showers chunks. Uh, yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Chunky blood. No thanks. No. Um, yeah. Prime Minister is immediately isolated and then shoots himself. Even though, as far as he knows, a cure is on the way. Like, I, yeah, he doesn't know, huh? That's true, actually. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't know that there's no cure. He at least hold on, hold on until it starts to get bad. That's He's abso- not even that's symptomatic. Absolutely yet. true. Yeah, that is absolutely <laughs> true. It's like, Alex, could you not have waited just another few minutes? Give it a day. Yeah, I know this, this thing like... apparently spreads quick, but yeah. fucking hell. Um, yeah, that's great. And like, um, it's not like. The virus doesn't turn you into a 28 days later type zombie situation. You just get sick. You, you get It looks like Ebola and leprosy. It's like yeah, everything like, that could go wrong with your body does go wrong. You, you vomit, you get boils, your skin melts. It looks horrific, but it's not. It doesn't turn you into a mindless zombie. Mm, um, mm. But yeah, it's um, yeah, interesting that you couldn't have just held on maybe an hour. <laughs> no, I'm going to end it. That's yeah. yeah. Uh, that's that's actually bugging me now because I was I didn't even I was watching it like because I remembered that yes he does he shoots himself after he gets infected. I remember that from the cinema and it's like I is you know great scene. Oh no, there's Doctor Bashir shooting himself. Oh no, yeah. 
never thought hold on <laughs> there is a logical problem here and it is literally what i'm paid to do yeah and, <laughs> and, and then there's hold on bob hoskins seems to get okay pretty quickly with the fact of Kolaris, like, he's, <laughs> yeah, over, he's over that pretty yeah, good pretty and fast. they're all they're all fine with Kolaris being prime minister now like he's in charge that's how it works like you kill the prime minister therefore you take over he's it's, not even the deputy he's just an advisor yeah, you know, it's, it's it's how it works in the mirror universe as well. You have to assassinate yeah. your superior to move up, and that's what happens. Exactly. He probably hired... That that person didn't have a virus at all. He was wearing a mask. Nope. Exactly. Uh, he was fine. Oh, uh, dear. Now, um, back up yeah, to Yeah, no one's wearing masks. So the punk uh, scenes in particular are... I think it's fantastic. Like, it is probably the centrepiece. Other than the chase at the end, mm. the bizarre punk dance show... Uh, prodigy, almost fire starter, cannibalism shit is brilliant. Frankly, yeah, that's a pretty good description for it. Um, it like Sean Pertwee, he's in this film as well. Sean Pertwee is in this film. We like Sean Pertwee a lot, and yes, he's in we this do. film again. Unfortunately, not for very long. Not enough. Um, um, but it's still one of those people I just like to listen to. Um, yeah, he's got a great voice. Doesn't a great he? voice. Yeah. Uh, he tends to die a lot. I'm just remembering event, event Horizon now as well. Yes. Uh, yeah, like, he's definitely cannon fodder. He yeah. is a bit. The, it, there was one one thing only about he the actual staging of his death scene that I... It's the, the second where basically he's immolated. It was some <laughs> real dodgy 2008 CGI going on. No, I think it's good. Just just the actual second of it. Everything else around it, I thought, looked really good because it looks quite practical. Okay. But that bit, yeah, there's just kind of a, oh. I think the oh. only bit that, yeah, the only bit I could see was before he melts. So when it's flames plus him, you can see it's not real flames, obviously. Well, if, but yeah. it doesn't look that convincing. But as soon as his melty, his body is replaced with something melting... That oh, yeah, felt no, real so, to me. And like, the practical effects felt really, really good. But yeah, the overlay didn't seem to quite That was work. it. Yeah. Great word, yeah, the overlay. Uh, but no, actually, that's one thing, and we'll we'll discuss this as we go on through the next couple of episodes with Neil Marshall. He really does practical effects very yes. well. Mm-hmm. Um, he I, likes chunks in his blood. He does like chunks in his blood, yeah. And something as well with the films, he makes it very visceral. Like, we're watching... A load of people tear Sean Pertwee's meat off his bones. And I'm just yes. like, that actually looks really nice. I feel well, hungry. I feel like, yeah, I feel like he even got the shade of meat right. It looks like chicken. Like, kind yeah, of... it's a bit rotten, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit weird. And also, the cooking is completely wrong. Like, that's going to be completely burnt on the outside and raw on the middle. Yeah, exactly. There's no like, way he's ready to eat. I'm, I'm, I'm sure, like, if you're going to kill and cook someone, like, come on, do a good job on it. Yeah, come on. You don't want to waste that meat. Um, but it's absolutely bonkers. So Eden and everyone has been captured because this is apparently the... No, it's not the quickest route. No, they get captured because they get overrun, basically. They have these two tanks that are yeah. unbeatable tanks and last all of 14 minutes against sticks and fire. A bit like the, unsink- the unsinkable Titanic, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Uh, so yeah, they get captured by the punks, put in prison. And then a kind of Queen-esque... Um, Sex Pistols style stage show commences yep. all in the aid of 
It just shows how big his ego is. So he's definitely his father's son. He wants the people to adore him. And somehow they do adore him just because he's brought them one body of meat, which isn't enough to feed that mob, but fine. It's like the loaves and the fishes. Now, guys, make it stretch. Yeah. Um, But it's great. It's... It's bonkers, but it's really, really fun. It, it really, like, you know, we are awful, horrible people. Like, it's so much fun. Burn him. It's so much fun. Good thing. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Took me, actually, took me a second. Yeah. I was like, what are you doing? Okay. Yes. Sorry. That's the actual song. Yeah. That's the song that he comes on stage to. But yeah, listen, credit where credit is due. The man puts on dinner and a show. He absolutely does. No doubt. Um, uh, just a quick thought before I forget. Discount Furiosa um, is called... <laughs> oh, no, I've lost her name. Oh, shit. Oh, come on, oh, no. Ian. <laughs> I'm just, I should have had this lined up. Discount Furiosa is called... The name of her is Leanne Liebenberg. Ooh. Um, she's known for Doomsday, District 9, and Chappie. Um, all films that I feel have similar... similar um, yeah, aesthetics. Well, if that makes I sense. Who she is in Chappie? Um, I liked Chappie. Chappie's fan. We should do Chappie. Yeah. Um, she's actually primarily a stunt coordinator oh. and stunt driver and stunt person. So makes sense. She is built in this film. Yeah, and she's great. Like the action in this film, there is no shaky cam. You can actually see the shit that's happening. Um, I really like. You can tell there was some great stunt work and thought that went into mm. this film. Mm. Um really really entertaining to watch that stuff yeah so yeah she's great i thought i'd give her give her a name check since we've now managed to get everyone's name yeah into this yeah, good yeah <laughs> that we needed right, who, to. who actually now sorry question for you the doctor on the on eve's team eden's team yes the needless doctor the, completely and utterly and like as it turns out even yeah. more needless than we even thought yes uh, but what? Who's he again? He's in... I knew him straight away, but I couldn't place him. God damn it. You're going to make me pull I am. Up. I am. Um, while, while you're doing that. Um, Vagrant Girl, Nurse, Catherine Sinclair, Young Eden, David slash Gimp. Oh my God! <laughs> Vernon Williams! Sorry! this is, I found the full list. Vernon Willems, um, who is a stunt driver for the guy that's in Mad Max Fury Road as well. He's the Gimp! Ah, <laughs> uh, gotcha. That's what why a, he's in this film as What well. an interesting filmography. You know, what an interesting what an, set of roles. Yeah. How to, that's something to be proud of. Yeah. Um, now, the problem is this doesn't give titles. Tom Fairfoot? Could it be him? John Mike? Do you remember the name of the Doctor? No. No, not at all. I'll know his, again, to Umdubba, because I'll know his face. And well, this is where I'm, this is where I am, but um, Nicholas Pauling? No, that's a jailer. Um, DJ? No. Also, everyone, I hope you enjoy how much work we did in advance of... Uh, well, it feels like we did, but it doesn't always translate when you ask something on the spot. Yeah, I know. Um, please hold, caller, while we verify your details. I just like that Vagrant Girl is top of the list on IMDb. Like, why is... <laughs> Awaiting verification. Like, this isn't going to get verified. The film's been out for 13 years, damn it. 
Dr. Ben Sterling, ah. um, Darren Morfitt. That's I'm just we're just there the same. Yeah. Okay, so he's in Dog Soldiers, so you will enjoy that when you see it. Oh, he's in the Last It'll Jedi. Be like the gimp that was in the Last Jedi. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Uh, oh, he's in K. Oh, he is in K Shop as well. K Shop is great. Um. Anyway, where the fuck right. were we now? Okay. Yeah, I really. We usually jump all over the know. place, but this is quite big. Um, Adrian Lester is the what last person I'll shout out from the cast. Yeah, he's he was good. He's in Hustle. That was his big. His um, yeah. So he's well known for Hustle. Uh, and I haven't seen all of it, but I've seen episodes, and he's great in that. Really, really, really good. Okay. Um, does he? You know, did he get over his um? Allergies to getting I shot mean, with arrows. The man just stops, doesn't he? He boromirs all over the place. <laughs> he does. Keep taking arrows. That's such but a great That is my favourite individual moment of the film. It's when they're all running for the train and the, the punk Scots people are chasing all of them. Eden at the last second jumps onto the train and in frustration, the leader of the punks just like kind of looks and punches the guy next to him and just floors him. It just it's so good and it's just like and it looks it, I mean obviously it's filmed such a way but it looks like it's a proper punch because your man goes down yeah. and then rolls off the side he of the platform as well with the like, hardest oh punch I've ever seen it's just ah oh. smack <laughs> it's so, so good. funny because it just it comes out of nowhere like, because in, the guy like, next to him is shouting at the train as well he's like oh, I can't believe they got away bam <laughs> what did I do <laughs> what did I do I didn't do it it's great <laughs> Well, Jeremy, you didn't do your job. They got no. away. Jeremy, god damn yeah. it. God damn Jeremy. Um, man, I love this film. I know we jumped all over the place, but it yeah, is... I was thinking, it's it's not a very it kind of doesn't really ma- it 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 doesn't beat you over the head with story, and I don't mean that as a criticism. No. Like it's I a think, fairly simple film. For... Yeah, I think all three parts could be played out of order and it would still make sense. Yeah. <laughs> But like <laughs> considering the way we just described it, yeah. yeah. Um the like my only my only problem was that are there's and th- so this is the one thing I was now again, full credit to IMDB trivia for this one. But this is what I was saying to you Friday. What a weird decision in the script they write Bentley porn. And oh, then I didn't realise that. So, but you see, because IMDb tells me that Bentley don't do product placement. Yes, I remember us talking about that, yeah. So the fact, but like this, like this script, it really takes it out to go like, oh, how nice is the Bentley? Oh yeah, I'll take this car. And yet, don't, don't get me wrong, get it. it's a stunning car. Yeah. But why? And apparently they had to buy a few of them. Because I, d- you know, I don't get it. Like the Bent- that Bentley in particular was very, very popular in the late noughts. All of the footballers, I think it's the Continental GT, I think. Okay. And it's the one that all of the footballers had. So maybe it was... Hey, like the budget for this was 30 million. And I think a million of that went on the Bentleys. Like, it's such an expense that doesn't seem necessary. Like, there are plenty of cars you could have picked from. It didn't need to be the Bentley. Like, it's a fast car, but it's not the fastest. Mm. And it's... It's treated like the reveal of the Aston Martin in... uh, 100% agreed. Agreed. In James Bond. And it... Yeah, yeah. The only other thing I can think of is that it's a chunky car. So it can take a beating. And probably not the beating that it is given. I doubt it could actually take that. Yeah, like if it is, then slap another zero on the end of it because it you need to pay more for it. Like it's absolutely this, worth it. It takes money. a hell of a beating. And look, it's um, got cup holders. Like 
Um, there's a great thing. It's you know when they find the car and they're escaping and the doors are closing and they drive through. Scratches down either side. The wing mirrors fly off. Nope, absolutely fine. It yep. actually cleans itself as well. It's it's a considerate car like that. Look, some some bits of the film work. Some bits yeah. of the film kind of don't work. Kind of don't. Um, kind of don't work. Yeah, it's so. fine. I'm not expecting great things, but I don't know why. I I think if I watched this film today, my cynical brain would say this is such a dumb movie, and I'm not convinced. I don't know. I don't know if I would like it, but this caught me. This was me and my roommate at uni had a tradition of grabbing a 12-inch pizza for £4 and then picking the dumbest movie we could find. And this was one of the dumbest movies we ever found. And it's one that we kept going back to as well. It just stuck with us. Oh, so you've seen this multiple times then? Oh, I've I've seen this film, I think, 25 times. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is only the second time I've ever watched it. That's mad. Mate, I keep coming a- back to this film. I love it. That is good, dude. It's not an Ian film at all. It's really... It's like, of all people, like, yeah. you just be like, this is bullshit, I don't like this, this is terrible. Yeah. It's great. I'm dying to do it for um for Cinema Sins. I'm begging them. to like, Just go on, give me one. Just let me... I'll do it on my own. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be so funny. They'd just be like, what? This film? Really? really? <laughs> of, of this? Nothing? Star Trek? No? Okay, yeah. Doomsday. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. That's that's fine. <laughs> you do you, man. That's fine. Yeah. So funny. Like the first thing when you type in Doomsday, it's wicked. Sure, initially, what comes up? Batman v Superman. It's DC. Yeah, hundred uh, like, percent. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. I was like, no, no, not that one. Nope. Not that one. The great two thousand and eight Neil Marshall film. Yeah. Well, Doomsday. I've got. So I mean, I've got the Blu-ray for this. No, not the Blu-ray. Sorry, it's the special edition DVD, and yeah. it was one of these DVDs that came with graphic designs and artwork. There is a oh, book nice. of artwork that comes with this film. Like, this is like, Neil Marshall's really fucking proud of this. Like, the concept drawings, everything. He has such a clear vision for this film, and it it really shows. This could have been a big Mad Max film, but they, I think they, they undercooked it with the cast. They undercooked it with the budget. I think remade and redone, there is a Mad Max blockbuster film in this. Mm-hmm. Because, I, well, I mean, I suppose effectively, obviously, different teams, different companies, da, 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 but Fury Road is this film with a budget. Kind Agreed. Of, kind yep. of. I mean, American it's... as well. This is very English, but yeah, an American version, 100%. Uh, our, well, Fury Road, Australian. Exploitation film. Is it? Uh, oh, okay, yeah, my bad. Sorry. My Mac series is uh, Australian. Ah, I take it back. But uh, that doesn't really come across in Fury Road as Evidently much. not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also because, obviously, Charlie Theron doesn't speak with an Australian accent. No. In it. Is she Australian? But... No, she's South African. Oh, awesome. Cool. Oh, the name, though. That makes sense, actually. Yes. Um, uh, yes. But, yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I've kind of run out of things to say. I just oh, really no, enjoyed this film. Yeah, we, you know what I mean? like, we went way longer than I expected us to on this. I love kinda, this film. Yeah. It's... Um, like I would definitely recommend it to everyone. I I think I said this to you on Friday. Basically, here's what we said on Friday to each other, being yes. rehashed on this on this podcast. <laughs> of the three movies we're going to cover, this is probably the weakest in my opinion. But disagree. I, I still like it. What's <laughs> that? You haven't seen the third. Disagree. Film. No. To, right. Okay. I can't, in good conscience, say that this film is better than the Descent. It is good, not because it's not. 
It's not, but I like it more. <laughs> that's absolutely fine. That, yeah. That's that's totally fine. With that qualifier, that is cool. No, yeah. no, no, dude. <laughs> the descent is... Pro- well, we'll see when we get to Dog Soldiers next week. I don't even know what that film is about. Uh, and I, 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 Oh, yeah. So to everyone who's listening to this, who's, who's watching along with us, right? Dog Soldiers, please do yourself a favor and don't watch the trailers that are on YouTube. They're so bad. I'm such a child. I really want to watch the trailers. Watch it after. And then you'll see okay, why fine. I'm like, don't watch cool. the trailer. It's hardcore early 2000s bad editing marketing. Oh, no. Yeah, and it's just like, no, no, trust me. I this. do remember trailers in the noughts not being good. Uh, mm, mm, mm. Um, like, think of... Think think of the trailer, say, for Force Awakens, which is incredible, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, which is, what, 2015, I think? And then somewhere... No, earlier than that. I think, actually, sorry, I think you might be right. Yeah, sure, Last Jedi 12? was probably around 15. So, yeah, maybe, maybe it was, uh, was 2012 or maybe... 12 or 13, something like that. And then I'm sure there's loads of examples, but the good trailers that I think of before then are Lord of the Rings. Which is like 2001, 2002, 2003. Yes. And they were like event yeah. trailers almost. And the Harry Potter ones. Yeah, the Harry Potter films. Yeah. Yeah, but not all the trailers were great for that. You're right. Obviously, they're good films. Mostly. Um, mm. But not all the... You know the kind of like, oh my God, trailer moments. Like as in Force yeah. Awakens was an oh my God trailer moment. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah, definitely. And I know this has nothing to do with, the, uh, with what we're talking about, but I remember... Um, the big the Batman v Superman trailer I think came out the day the Force Awakens trailer came out and I'm like ah oh, nice and shady Disney nice and shady yeah because nobody yeah, cared nice. about Batman v BVS when the Force Awakens trailer yeah. came out yeah hundred uh, percent um, that's so good you know what I'm I'm thinking this before I'm saying this on record before I forget we should do an episode on our favorite trailers oh yes oh I'm, I will do that. Hundred percent. That's so. Yeah, I love that idea because yeah. there are some crackers. There are there are plenty of trailers out there that are better than the fucking film. <laughs> Do you know what there is? And um, let's open this up to the listeners as well. Link us if you link us some of your favorite trailers. Uh, yeah. We might. I say a lot of us are going to have similar, uh, mm-hmm. similar favorite trailers, and there might even be some. Bob. Uh, yeah. Um, but definitely link us some of your favorites. And what else as well? You were meant to remind me, and I've only just remembered, uh, Can oh, of no. Tenants. Yes. Well, there's two things, actually. Can of Tenants and the score. Yes and yes. Okay. Stealing. Deadly. All right. So first of all... I will edit this down to be shorter, but yeah, let, we need to cover those things. Cool. I've got time. Right. Can of Tenants, really, really quickly, is I've been to Glasgow once in my life. I did the Tenants Bureau Factory. It was kind of dull, but the tasting room was really nice. Shout out to Tenants. Was that, that it? was that it. That was literally it. And <laughs> when I was watching this film on Friday, there was a little something in my glass that seemed far more important at the time. Nice. Yeah. Good. Um, so, yeah. The second thing... Well, right, here we go. You heard it here first. Our newest sponsor. There you go. Thanks very much, um, <laughs> I will take all of the free stock. Thank you very much. Um, nice. I have... The score. I have a big old negative. You are dying to talk about this. Tyler Bates... Tyler Bates, who do you think you're kidding, mate? You lifted John Murphy's score from 28 Days Later. And I did listen. It's damn near identical. Like so, a lot of the score. Is it the same production company? Is it this? Is anything linked, or is this just lifted? Is because actually, hang on now. Who 
released because that's how bad it is it feels like no it, there it must be bad. a link like it's and i was saying as well you know sorry tyler bates for bringing up their your past and everything but it uh, he got in like he got in quite a bit of trouble before for borrowing music particularly for i'm just scrolling down to see what the bloody uh studio was anyway because 28 days later is fox searchlight um, mm-hmm. So nothing to do with this then. So uh, he got in trouble for he did the score for three hundred Zack Snyder's three hundred, yeah, which lifts chunks of Elliot Goldenthal's score from Titus, and I mean like Tyler, lifts. come on! But particularly, <laughs> there was a couple of bits in this where I was just like, oh, come, like who are you kidding? This is the in the house in a heartbeat yeah. team, and then at the end of the film. Because it's like the closing credits. So I, I did. I sent Ian. I sent you yeah. two videos. One, I recorded the movie. And then I sent you, all right, listen to two minutes in from this. And, and it's like note for note. And I was like, yeah. I mean, it's one thing, don't ever steal. But also, don't steal from the film that you're going to get compared to straight away. Even though Doom yes. and 28 Days Later, they're not the same, but they do feel like they're very they similar. Have very similar aesthetic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah so. Oh man, I don't know. Shaking my fist. Could it be innocent? Could it be accidental? Look, it could be. I, but it's a little bit too blatant. Similar time period though. Like twenty-eight days later was what two thousand and four. Like that. That music is pretty well known. Um, twenty-eight to two thousand two. Yeah. So six years removed. Maybe he thought just long enough to be able to pinch it. So yeah, so sorry to Oh, um just so we don't get sued, uh all of this oh, no. very, very uh, you know, alleged they sound oh, totally incredibly yeah. similar. Yes. That's all I'm saying. Could be hundred percent, yeah, could be totally innocent, absolutely. But yeah. it's tricky. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Um <laughs> yeah. Hey, we love your film. Don't judge us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, love it. This is um would be on my rewindables list. Um nailed it um i would absolutely I, I do watch this every year guilty pleasure 100 percent. cool i i i could see this going into my my watch house yeah just fun it's fun cool um bah, bah, bah. not one to watch with your kids by the way if you hadn't realized that already um, unless your kids are messed up you know what i would probably watch this too young but <laughs> there we go Right, thank you, Shani. Um, we will see you all next week with Dog Dog Day Afternoon. Um, what's it called? Quite a different film. Uh, Dog Soldiers. <laughs> Dog Soldiers. Um, I've got a couple of things to plug. So on Tuesday, um, I've, I'm going back onto Sif Pop with um, Aaron Dyser and the people Woo-hoo! to review No Sudden Move and The Tomorrow War. So it's going to be a more detailed review and i am much more positive over there than i am because <laughs> they really liked i wouldn't say really liked they liked tomorrow war a lot more than i did um so they brought me around on a few things but now that i've percolated i really really don't like it but no sudden move i can recommend um oh. and i'm also jumping on to behind the sins podcast which is a cinema sins podcast that looks at all of the cinema sins videos of the week and that's coming out on friday excellent excellent I also Sean, have you a plug some things. I do. I do have a little plug. Um, so, You're on Crackmate will be coming out. So, if you're listening to this, 
go now to Spotify and listen to You're on Crack, mate, where myself and Joseph Hurley will be discussing Star Wars Episode 3 with Will Leahy from RTE. So that is that was a fun episode to record, and I hope you enjoy it. So have a, have an episode. Yay! All the pluggings. Yay! Just like your Saturday evening. Boom. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to An Englishman and an Irishman Go to the Movies. I, at least, would love to hear your thoughts on the episode. Sean couldn't care enough to record this with me. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at EnglishIrishGTM. Email us at anenglishmanandanirishman at gmail.com. And check out our website, www.anenglishmanandanirishman.wordpress.com where you'll find all of our previous episodes. You'll find me on Twitter at Galactic underscore Dave and you'll find Sean at Sean Ferrick. Thanks for being awesome and we love you very much.